water, earth, fire, air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. podcast about all things Avatar. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, those in between two, uh, Bending the Elements by us, the Novice Elitists, <laughs> as opposed to those other guys who have been copying our shtick for years. Jeez, really? I didn't. I don't know anything about this. We haven't even done this show for years. I would. I, I would hope not. <laughs> you know how that'd be funny if there was like another channel like Bend of the Elements Two, and it's not us at all. <laughs> or they spell it differently somehow. <laughs> yeah, with like caps or something like that. It's all in. It, it, they they spell it out instead of like using numbers, or they use it in Roman numerals, or Pig Latin, or something. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, but yes, here we are. Yeah, once again, and today we're t- talking about Bato of the Water Tribe, Book One, Chapter Fifteen. Happy three days after Winter Solstice, everybody, and <laughs> two days before uh, Hearts Warming Day. Hearts Warming Eve. Uh day. I guess. I guess it is tomorrow. Is Hearts Warming Eve? <laughs> yes, and the one we're the one we're talking about today, Bato of the Water Tribe, was written by the old Ian Wilcox. Which I forgot to look up, or at least I did look it up when we were originally going to talk about this. But pretty sure he was a previous writer. Yeah, I think so too. But he has been involved in the show beforehand. But we definitely know who directed it. Old, our old buddy Giancarlo Volpe. Yes, Giancarlo Volpe. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, some familiar hands for this uh, for a fairly impactful episode. Was this uh, one that you you kind of stood out for you a lot? What do you think of this first season? Or? There's a there's a point. I, I think it does, but for certain elements in it, certain mm. actions and characters in it that remind me of about it, and make it stand out from the rest. Yeah, there was one thing in particular that really stood out for me on my first watch. Fit. We'll hear about it, and then. Uh, but first, summarize this episode for us, please. Sure. Yeah, we begin this episode by shocking the world and actually focusing on some water. The team discovers evidence of a recent encounter between Water Tribe warriors and the Fire Nation, which leads them to meet Bato, a warrior Sokka and Katara are familiar with as a friend of their father's. They reminisce, and Bato offers to take them to see their father again as he awaits news of his location. But outside of their fond recollections, Aang feels left out and abandoned at the thought of them leaving, and goes off on his own for some quiet reflection. But things don't stay quiet for long as a man shows up with a map to Sokka and Katara's father, and Aang decides to hide it from them to keep them from leaving him. Unfortunately for Aang, he didn't stick around long enough to hear that Katar and Sokka had no intention of diverting from their mission. So, you know, that was too bad. Um, we spend some time with Bato as he honors our three friends, while all the while, an ominous force is mounting against them. Because over on the B-plot side of the episode, Zuko meets a bounty hunter named Zam Wessel. Oops, my bad. I met a bounty hunter named June, who discovers a stowaway aboard his ship using the smelling skills of her Shershu companion. Sure you. Thank you. She damages the ship in her search, and later Zuko confronts her to make her pay for the damage, demanding that she use her hunting skills to help him pursue the Avatar. 
She agrees after some coaxing, and the three of them head off to find him. And over with the gang, Aang's duplicity is soon discovered, and in response, Sokka and Katara decide that they will in fact abandon him and go to pursue their father. But on his solo travels, Aang's made aware of the bounty hunter on his trail, as well as the fact that they're using Katara's betroth necklace to track him. Team Z captures Katara and Sokka, and Aang eventually collides with them. Combat breaks out, which of course ends with Aang being victorious. He not only frees his friends, but also reclaims the betroth necklace and returns it to Katara, receiving a kiss for his efforts. And as the old saying goes, it's all in a day's work for our bald-headed hero, the Avatar. It's Crew Z, by the way, not Z. I don't know what you're talking about. It's Crew Z. No, I never, I never say Z. Z to me just sounds completely foreign. <laughs> well, Z sounds foreign to me. So we're at an impasse then, I assume. Absolutely. Yeah, Z for Zam Wessel. I don't know why that came to mind when I was writing it. I, I guess it was like, I think what went through my head is when I was writing it, it was like a bounty hunter named Django Fett. But I was like, well, she's not a, a woman, so I'll just put Zam Wessel because that was the woman bounty hunter. <laughs> but <laughs> There's also, um, uh, what's her name? Um, I want to say Ayla Sakura, but that's a, that's a Jedi, isn't oh, she? Oh, uh, Ara Singh. Ara Singh, yeah. thank you, yes. <laughs> the most shocking part to me is that I knew Zam Wessel's name just off the top of my head when I was writing this. <laughs> there you go, he's a fan of Attack of the Clones. That tells you something. I mean, <laughs> but uh, uh, yes, yes, we should uh, hit play on the episode here. So if you got a timestamp zero, we'll hit play in three, two, one, play. Oh, my Xbox uh, froze up a little bit. That's there, not good. Whatever. We're never in sync anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's freestyle, as they say. So I uh, I kind of made a, uh, a faux pas. And a really big uh, oversight on my part. And I'm here to correct myself. So for the past, like, oh, what is this episode? This is episode 15, if I recall. I've been complaining that this is book one water. And we're not really seeing snow or winter. They mentioned the solstice and we haven't really seen much snow since. Except for the one episode where uh, it's the fortune, not the fortune teller. Sorry, that's the one that's after. Um the blue spirit. That's right. Whistler's son, at least in my, my, my part. Um, and I, I just failed my geology and geography, geography, excuse me. And then, uh, well, I, I kind of, uh, forgot that there's an equator in the, in the world and that, uh, there's the Southern hemisphere and there's the Northern hemisphere and that, well, certain seasons are not the same. And so you'll have hot periods when there'll be cold periods. So whereas here in North America, we're having its winter currently uh, elsewhere in the Southern hemisphere, it's the either rainy season or it's the dry season, at least in what is it in Kenya? I think it's the dry season right now. I could be wrong on that. I forget, I forget, but yeah. So um, that obvious common knowledge was not present to me and so every single one of my you know complaints about there not being much snow is uh in uh, it makes me look like a big goof <laughs> so uh i apologize for the entire world and that i got my geography and geology and or weather uh, or meteorology excuse me incorrect uh, i apologize well, I, I suppose that I suppose that's fair. My only thing is they call a book one water. 
I mean, he learned his waterbending stuff pretty early on, or at least the basics of it. And he spends most of the other time at least seeming like he's focusing on other things, but it's all inferred. It's all in the background. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Let's not, they should, he should be really using his waterbending skills right now. Whatever. I mean, I guess we, we, we start with some of it and then a little bit of spoilers. We bookend with some more of it. So I guess in that way it fits, but, but anyway, I I guess uh, the episode itself here. So yeah, we open up and, um, okay. What's going on here? (laughs) <laughs> I paused it while you're talking. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I know. Did you watch the special feature on this disc in particular for this episode? No, I, I haven't. Because I did. It was basically just all the storyboards, the animatic, whatever, the uncut version, and they have a, a, a deleted scene. Oh. Yes. I'll get to it when we get to it. I'll, okay, deleted, yes, but I'll, I'll get to what they were talking about when we, when we get to the point. Oh, cool. Speaking sure. of points, uh, Sokka's found on an arrow. Oh, an arrow. Oh, okay, so you're over there. Uh, but yeah, basically starts, uh, you know, probably in a similar area to where the fortune teller was. Still going more north, I assume. And really nice hill. I, I like it. They're they're more in Endor. Who knows? <laughs> and it starts off with, uh, what is it? Aang, Aang finding a, um, a looks to be a big knife. Yeah, well, tooth knife. Yeah, definitely, definitely, it gives some some memories to Sokka thinking about the, uh, the troops that I guess quite recently left. I can't remember exactly when they left at the start of the show, but it seemed like it had been quite a while. Yeah. They said, Oh yeah. I'll get, we'll get to that later. Sure. Oh, but right off the bat, I just want to comment. Was this DR movie again? You saw these guys two nights ago, three nights ago. Sorry. Was it two nights ago? What time is it right now? Yeah. I, I think it was two nights ago. Yeah. yeah. The end of Tokyo Godfathers. Yeah, which we saw in the theater. Yeah, no, that was that was great animation by DR movie. Yeah, but something about this one, their faces just look off. <laughs> do, do you do you see that at all? No, to or? be fair, you're correct. You might be right on that, but I also was watching the storyboards version twice, so I uh, I was looking more at the storyboards, and they're pretty good storyboards, I must say. Sometimes hmm. when you don't have color in there, it's it's. I don't know, I'm not going to say it's a lot better, but it's a lot different. Let's put it that way. Yeah, definitely different. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes it's fun to see things like comic books in particular. Every now and again, I'll find ones that uh, they'll have like black black and white sketches at the back. Yep. Yes, inks, basically. Like, let's see these inks of what happened beforehand. It's just like, I kind of want to see a whole book that's not colored sometimes. Like, mm. could you imagine um, New Frontier without any of the colors? It, I think that's one of the books I was thinking of. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. Didn't they do that with? Um, was it the Killing Joke? There was some famous Batman book that they did that. They released one with no color. I mean, there's 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 Batman Black and White. I don't know if that counts. No, that definitely does not count. <laughs> not a fan. I know what you're meaning though. I I don't remember now. I don't know if it was that. Uh, it'd be funny. It wasn't Batman Ego, was it? uh that'd be funny but no i don't i don't think so i don't think so no i would look up batman in black and white but i'm sure it would just be that book yeah batman (laughs) black and white yeah everybody take a look at like 159 on their timestamps. uh take a look and just see if like you like these facial animations or not Mm. yeah but anyway yeah so they're they're hanging out by some water and they're finding these these signs of northern water tribe presence i meant to say 
<laughs> well, technically a Southern Water Tribe presence. Southern, sorry. Maybe both. My, uh... they, they both joined up. Who knows? Yeah, most likely Southern. But yeah, and also a little bit of Fire Nation presence as well. So Yes, they, um, in, indeed, the um, they were fighting the Fire Nation. And obviously they didn't want to get in a forest because that probably would lead to more fire and be disadvantaged to them. And so they went to the natural place where they're probably best at, except if you recall, Katara was the only waterbender of her tribe. So that means Mm. that there were no male waterbenders in their tribe, which means that the men have to endure and or go through uh, melee combat instead. (laughs) Close quarters combat, excuse me. Yeah, which is interesting. We'll definitely talk about some of that more uh, when we get to the end of this. Yeah, I don't even know if they have like... I'd assume they'd have this, but I I wonder if maybe past Wilder Tribe or so I don't know if they developed bows and arrows. I would kind of hope so because they're other than the boomerang. I mean, there is the their boomerang technically, but the bow and arrow has always been like the go to weapon of range combat next to the crossbow. Yeah, we've seen it all over the place in this show, so I'm assuming that they would have it. Yeah, they obviously have long reaching weapons. Excuse me, the spears they're they're known for that. Maybe they have some axes as well. It's all made up of bone, though, because they don't really have access to wood down there. So it has to be animal bones instead, which makes sense, of course. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen a bow a bow made out of bone, excuse me. I don't even know what the bowstring would be. Ooh. I guess it could be seal hair or something like that, or, or a certain type of hair strung together. Yeah, I'm sure back in the day, back in before the Stone Age, <laughs> I'm sure that that's... I would have to go and ask the Inuits themselves if they use that kind of stuff, or look up Inuit history, if that were the case. Uh, I mean, same thing with the Polynesians. They could also be basing them off of these guys as well. Yeah, I feel like I saw some some stuff like that when I was over at the uh, the Museum of Anthropology down at UBC. Yeah, UBC, eh? Yeah, it's a pretty cool museum. Yeah, I haven't been there in a long time. I remember that place. They did a cool Twilight Zone episode on that. I was like, hey, I know where that is. Oh, in the new new yeah, show? Yeah, Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone, excuse me. It's probably going to be more specific. Yeah, so we don't learn too much in this this early scene with, with our group here, but we'll cut back to them soon. But first, got to talk about Zuko and Iroh having some relaxing time and... And old Zuko, you know, he never can really just sit and relax. He's that that certain type. Yeah, it seems as though, yes, uh, Alkal Iroh is, I guess, you know, trying to calm down the young lad. You know, having some tea, herbal tea, non-caffeinated tea will probably help. And he's he's going into it until, you know, there's a big thud. Yeah. He's, uh, something uh, big hit them in the ship. And they're docked currently, by the way. They're not, like, you know, on the seas right now. They're currently docked. So he's like, okay, what have we hit? Or what has hit us? Yeah, and there is something about this this bounty hunter and her giant beastie that, for whatever reason, apart from my stupid, just the the line, something about it does feel a little reminiscent of Star Wars. Maybe more expanded you than uh, the movies themselves, but that's that's fair. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So Captain Marvel, Rivet, or Commander Jane Shepard herself shows up in a giant German Shepherd-looking thing. Yeah, big. It looks more to me like a like an ant anteater or something. It's an anteater. It's a, I think it's it's a dog. I know that I it reminded me. Of a, I think Brian Knetzko said it was a dog, and then yeah, like a mole head. Yeah, it's a pretty cool design. I, I quite like it. I quite like her too, just design wise, at least for now. Um, I, I think she works and stands out. Also, she's like 
incredibly strong, by the way, because she like lifted that guy yeah. like, by the <laughs> collar with just one hand. Like, so she's she's pretty tough. I'll say that she got some strength to her. Yeah, and mentioning the the things that stood out to me on my first viewing, it was definitely her in that bestie. I was like, "Ooh, this is cool!" Like, is she gonna go on to be like a character that we see? Like, I, I hope she sticks around. But so yeah, so she took that stowaway that was hiding out on their ship. Don't even know how that guy came about. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think we ever get an explanation for how he showed up in there. Nah, just like uh, the the DM rolls, and all of a sudden Zuko, you have a random stowaway on your ship. What? How is that possible? Or how? <laughs> why is that fair? Yeah, but while she was taking him, she really messed the place up. Like she, she was kind of rude, really. Just come and start tearing things apart. It's <laughs> one of those. She's one of those characters who, because she's like effective at what she does, and she, I guess, has a reputation, or she's, she, she does have confidence in herself. Of course, she feels like, yeah, no, I, I'm kind of, I'm immune to consequences. Yeah, maybe a little entitled, as it were. Yeah, most likely. I mean, she, I mean, she is a self-made. Uh, person or self-made woman excuse me so I, I feel that her confidence is it can can be justified perhaps yeah that's fair maybe that that's that is entirely up to the, the the person oh but yeah cutting back to our other group it's quite late now they're all sitting by a fire right by that big ship and poor Sokka's looking a little bit you know he looks like he's having some problems sleeping he's a little bit more lost in thought as it were yes no I, I forget if earlier when we first saw them, I completely forgot. Do we see a flashback? Because I know we're about to have a flashback. No, this, this is the first one we see. This is the first flashback. Okay, good. Okay, got it. But, I yeah. think. <laughs> yeah, I believe so. This is the first flashback. Yeah, and it's... Sokka's looking pretty young here. Is this is this when they left? This is when they left. Oh, wow. And maybe didn't come back. Yeah, it makes sense why Sokka turned into what he, what he was at the start of this show. If Yeah, he was basically a kid here. Uh-huh. This... So as you can see, this is the uh, this is the episode for Sokka. Again, I guess. Finally, after he was uh, knocked around a few times in the previous fortune teller episode, we finally kind of get a reason to his uh, hardness, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and it quite works. I'm always I'm always kind of partial to Sokka, and I like seeing the little kid him. He's got that pretty face paint on. I like all that stuff. Yes, where um, uh, Jack DeSenta does a, all he does is do a higher pitch voice, but he does a pretty <laughs> good job with it, I must say. Yeah, it works. It works. Well, but yeah, as they're sitting out there, someone just, I guess, noticed the fire and comes in stumbling over. Like yeah. <laughs> Now, before before we go on, I have to mention, this is where the cutscene happened, by the way. Oh, uh, when they're coming towards this village with the nuns or whatever? No, not that part. The No, the fire. So we... First, when, mm. if you watch the special feature, you know what I'm talking about. For those who don't know, there was a cut scene here. Uh, I didn't even know about it until I found, watched this episode first. Basically, it we first so we have the same um, what is it? Uh, zoom, not zoom in, but we 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 pan the shot. The shot that still pans towards the fire is not of them, with Katara and Aang sleeping, but of a discussion. And it's basically they talk about the what is it the, the ship and ang asks when the last time it was they saw their dad and it was like i think i, I don't know if we talk about in this prime episode here no they don't uh two years or something like that which means Sokka was 12 mm. when this happened or 16 which is 14 i'm like wait what 
It's pretty high pitch for I. Well, I, actually, no. Yeah. No, what that makes actually that makes sense. No, no, that, yeah. that makes sense. No, yeah, yeah. He could have gone through uh, a change, yeah, a certain process. Yeah, yeah, process. <laughs> he, his body went through the process by that point. So, yeah, no, that, that actually makes sense potentially. My voice is kind of deepened about that time, I believe. Yeah, I don't remember for me. Oh, and then and then yeah, sorry. Yeah, basically they um. What is it? They go. They go to sleep, and then it just pan starts into this. Like, like clearly goes to this. And was it fully animated? The uh, or the story? It wasn't full. It's still so. It's it's all it is just storyboards. But they do a really good job with storyboards, where it almost feels like it's it's animated, which is nice. Hmm, it's not cool. one of the two. Sometimes they just like all they do is erase a head, and then just like have the head turned to another like angle, oh, yeah. which is nice. It's really cool. I must say, it, it must. It's it's really cool. Okay, so also we get a flashback and we see their dad. And their dad is voiced by let me do it one more time. Hang on. Okay. Voiced by Andre Sugliazo. I'm pretty sure I got that right. I I hope so, Mr. Sugliazo, because he was King Boomy in King Boomy previously, and I couldn't pronounce oh. his name, so I looked it up and I believe it's pronounced Sugliazo. Our old buddy, the King of Amashu. There you go. Yeah, the King of Amashu is now Sokka's dad. Oh, weird. Weird. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yes, back to what you were... Uh, anything else you want to ask? Uh, no, I was just going to say, uh, so do you think that Bato like, saw them coming down, or the nuns did, and were like, oh, we saw, we saw some sort of weird flying beastie. Go investigate, you injured man. Like, <laughs> uh, No, because this is his ship, I believe, I recall. So he's probably just like coming to, you know, see it every now and then just to yeah, make sure the thieves night. aren't thieving it or anything, or maybe this is where he stays. Well, I know. Okay. He stays with the nuns spoiler, but yeah, maybe he just comes down to see it every now and then he saw the fires like, uh Oh, I wonder who the, that, that is over there and comes and sees them. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's fair. I, I just thought maybe it, it, it just felt a little odd to me that he was coming out there in the middle of the night. But... Yeah. Just randomly the DMs just like, okay. And now, uh, Bato, um, enters the, pr enters the stage. Yeah. And then he, he takes them cause he, he was the only warrior left of their whole group. And he's been kind of nursed back to health by this little convent of, I guess, nuns or something. <laughs> um, I, I can't remember exactly what their, what their role was, but cause yeah, I watched this whenever we, we were going to do it last time. <laughs> before we did die hard so it's it's been a it's yeah it's been a bit so it's basically an abbey so yeah he he was here and his uh him and his warriors did have a fight and he was injured and so the the nurse or the the, the what are they called the not the nurses but the sisters that's what they're called the sisters uh helped him uh, back to health uh with certain uh certain remedies that they have yeah, by the way, I got it paused at 501. 501. The faces, Katara's face in particular, just something about it just does not look like the usual usual Katara. But anyway, um, yeah, so so yeah, he brings them in to his little spot that he's in. He's kind of decorated it to look a little bit more like a piece of home. And that little bit of nostalgia, the little bit of familiarity really warms the, uh, the hearts of uh, Katara and Sokka. I like Katara's face. <laughs> Uh, it's something about her just looks looks a little off to me. It's looks... a little cartoony, I get, but I guess I, yeah. I'm okay with that. I think it's cute. 
She almost looks like she's a lot younger here than usually. And she. No, usually that's is. fair. That's that, that's fair. Or maybe people say no, that's appropriate. She looks she looks like a fourteen year old. Oh, but yeah, and they're they're having their nice little chat in there, and Aang's kind of afraid and or displeasure to his displeasure is seeing animal pelts everywhere. Yeah, and they sit down and they have their meal, and Aang doesn't have any, and stewed sea prunes. And he's definitely the third wheel here. I guess the fourth wheel. They keep talking about things he doesn't know about, and he tries to chime in, and they just kind of ignore him, and then he walks away, like, all hunched over. <laughs> Looks kind of funny, I thought. Yeah, he's like, they're talking about, like, Arctic hippos or whatever it was, Arctic sea hippos, and he's like, I like to ride animals. There's one time an eel, yeah, 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 but anyway, not right yeah, now. Yeah, shut up over there, get in yep. the corner. Tries to put one of the, like, sacred uh, things on his head or something. Uh, it's, a, a, as you would, if you were touching something sensitive <laughs> like that, you'd probably yell that. Which, again, Aang, you should probably know this because there are certain things that you wouldn't have been able to do back in the day. Which, by the way, I just wanted to quickly point out before you change the scene. There, uh, that stew that they're eating does not look appetizing to me. Something about it just looks wrong. <laughs> really? Have you never had cream of mushroom soup? Something about just that particular image. It just does not look not look appetizing to me. It looks pretty well, gross. Well, it looks really nice. To, it looks like a cheesy type of soup for me. Goodness gracious, sir. It looks like a potato soup. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it looks like it has some sort of stools in there, but like I could see it exactly. being meat, but it's not exactly. that. It's probably, you know, the sea prunes, as they said. I don't know if sea prunes yeah, Like you said, the cheese-colored uh, liquid. Yeah, it, it just, yeah, I thought so. Maybe had a oh, that must taste so certain good. tongue in their, oh, in their mouth. Seemed, it reminds me of a hearty, my favorite hearty meal. That can be my favorite, but one of my favorite meals, French onion soup. Mm, mm. Yes, that's something that we share. You would not say no to that, sir. You would not say that. You would not say no to that. Oh, I never would. Yeah. I remember back in the day, I used to, uh, that was my go-to thing to order restaurants. I mean, it still could be if they had it. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just don't eat eat at restaurants as much now, but, oh, but yeah, so moving on from that scene, we, we cut over to Iroh and, and uh, Zuko. And I guess they're on the prowl for that bounty hunter. And well, I don't know if it's, well, that's weird. Um, I wouldn't say prowl, but like I'd say it's more one-sided. Where Zuko's trying to like, you know, he's on the hunt. He's like he he wants, uh, he he wants to get even with this bounty hunter. Yeah, so he heads into a local cantina. Yep, and uh, comes across her doing a little arm wrestling match with a guy who looks like he's just jumped right out of an anime. Uh, I'd mostly or a Street Fighter game or something. Yeah, it's pretty much just re- Ryu, excuse me, from from Street Fighter. <laughs> um. And again, you look at this sheer size difference. Yeah. Um, fun fact: some I don't know which arm wrestlers, but apparently there are arm wrestlers out there who actually go in for surgery to like rearrange their muscles um, so that it goes from their biceps instead to their arm or their forearm, excuse me. So everything below their elbow, just so that they can win at arm wrestling events. Very interesting stuff. Kind of messes them over if they were doing like you know benching or well, it's mostly back and chest, but. Even still, that, that, that that's very interesting. Maybe she does that. I don't know. Yeah, that's that is unusual. Or maybe she just has like hyper strength. Some people are known for that. Yeah, you know this. Watching this here makes me think that we should do a little mini um, mini arm wrestling retrospective. We can watch that over the top uh, Stallone <laughs> film. <laughs> uh, I don't know what else. <laughs> I just want to say that. <laughs> That's like one of the only ones. I feel like there's parodies out there. 
Also, I'm terrible at arm wrestling. We actually did some stuff at the gym the other day uh, for clothes for holidays reasons and not because of what recently transpired. Um, and yeah, of course, as I, I predicted, as I did try it last year, I am terrible at arm wrestling. I don't have the muscle strength for it. Tell me to pick up a 205 pound man. I could probably do that. But uh, <laughs> arm wrestling a 205 pound man, not happening. I even lost to like a 15 year old girl, which I have no like qualms with. Totally fine. No strength to me whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I've got a terrible wrist, so I can't. Uh, yeah. Oh, jeez, my wrists are still like, you know, I'm still recovering from when we were throwing bombs at bags like two months ago. Damn, I should get that checked out. Yikes, that's no good. Anyways, you know, uh, the bounty hunter here, which I don't know if we've gotten her name yet or not. Yeah, June. I th- I don't think they say it yet. I think I even had to look it up to put it in my notes. But... Like I know her name. I just like Sam. What was her last name? Wessel? Yeah, Zam Wessel. Zam Wessel here. Um, basically, Zuko wants her um, to do something for her because he's a little peeved off about the tearing of his ship. Kind of makes sense, I guess. I, I wouldn't say he's enraged, per se. I feel like he has a, a reason to not be so... Pol- he's a, he's his, his seeking out her, I think, makes a little sense. And not him just being angry. Yeah, and it's not even about the uh, it's not even about the ship really. It's just about her her beast friend. No, it's yeah. He just saw the smelling skills. It's not so much her. It's he wants the dang yeah Shiru. Yeah. So um, you could just you know steal the Shiru. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pretty much a good idea. Yeah, and what does he uh, what does he offer up to the Shiru as the the scent to follow? The betroth necklace exactly finally making its return it's been absent for quite a while now yes which still makes me question why katara is not wearing her betroth necklace that Aang gave to her uh from the last episode but that's yeah there hey that's pretty rude he put he went to the effort to make that for and she just like ditched it when he was unless looking. she realized what it was insinuating at the very end of the episode oh but boy i won't, I won't go into that <laughs> Maybe she did, and then quietly was like, sorry, Aang, I just, you know, I can't. Culturally speaking, this wasn't very appropriate. Ah, uh, she doesn't so much tell him that. She just doesn't wear it, and he doesn't notice, perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> Convenience. Um, but Maybe, who knows. Selective selective focus is what it's called. Yeah, so Suko and her have a little bit of, I wouldn't say necessarily fun dialogue, but they try to, you know, add a little sharpness between them. Like, she doesn't want to just, she almost doesn't even see the blame of, wrecking his ship and it's like what's in it for me yes and uh but there there is some good banter between her and uncle iroh yeah that works better absolutely um but yeah we'll get to some of that later as we we jump back to team a well hang on before what did you think of the uh the the way we see how the shiru um detects and or smells the world from its perspective excuse me yeah i I thought it was cool It, it didn't do too much for me but it was cool. i thought it was cool as well blind it's kind of similar to how what is it wild mutt from med 10 probably works i don't remember yeah but we cut back over and they're still having their little dinner they're all still having a good time and yes yeah, a meal between friends for you know and or compadres i haven't seen each other in a very long time yeah then the pouty kid who's like oh no my friends has have other friends and i'm not the only one that's important <laughs> yes no he's confused um, he feels left out, feels like, you know, you know, I've, I've, I've kind of, I kind of get this if I'm at like a, if I'm at a party with my friends, 
Uh, and you know, they're talking, I, I would interact with everybody, but obviously, yeah, that ha- there has to be a connection somehow. Uh, I would just be in the, in my corner of the room, just doing my own thing. Um, waiting till the party's over, I guess. Would you look, would you look with sadness and then, then leave kind of enraged? Uh, <laughs> I don't know about enraged. <laughs> well, I, I think my person, my, my, myself beforehand several years ago, probably would have with contempt just like, ah, darn these guys. I, I, I shake my fist in the air. How dare they not pay attention to me, even though when I have the tension drawn on me, I'm completely a, shri- a shrinking violet. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, they're they're talking a little bit about how um, Bato's just currently waiting for him to heal up and to f- find news about where the others are, so we can go and join them. Yes, and Sokka and Katara's dad in particular. And of course, they express excitement because they haven't seen him in probably like two, three years. Yep, and that just sends Aang off in a kind of sad, depressed, uh, I don't know what state. I would say a Bruce Banner state at the end of each episode. Yeah, where's Lonely Man theme? Absolutely. Yes, we need that Lonely Man theme. And, uh, you know, he walks out into the moonlight. Another full moon, by the way. And he leaves. And what happens after that, sir? Yeah, that's one. (laughs) Which is kind of a cute scene. If only he had stuck around for it. They're like, oh, even though we want to see our dad, we really can't stop. We need to keep going with Aang. Like, it's important. And... Bato's like, oh, I think it's so great that you guys are traveling with the Avatar, and he has a nice little scene, and then silly old Aang left, like, just before it happened. Talk about Cliché, as some people would say. It's like, (laughs) oh, of course, that's the most basic of simp writing you could ever make, where you have to create, you know, drama between characters because Aang was misunderstood. Because he doesn't know how uh, people behave and proper etiquette and you know, they're just, they're just old friends chatting it up. Yeah, we've seen some of that kind of slight that of character writing lately in the past little bit. Mm, yes, you could say it's out of character for Aang. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, he can he can get in his little depressing moods quite regularly. So I mean, it's not too surprising. For yeah, him. and unless the uh, chemical process is going on in his, uh, in his inside of his body right now, and thus he doesn't know mm. how to handle these emotions, and he's yeah. processing stuff if, if that makes any sense maybe i'm not gonna always chalk that up to you know that that point of his life but yeah scared of leaving katara could be that or yeah it could just be you know writing that's not the best who knows or not looked over twice yeah and again some of it's like it's for a kid's show they don't want to make things too complex they, they want to make sure the kids can keep up with some of it but have kids not behaved like this before in the past? I probably have. I don't. I can't recall. Come, because some stuff is not coming to me right at the moment. But potentially. Oh, but we see his his footsteps. He's he's gone back to the ship, and he's just kind of being depressed to himself. Like, oh no, I can't believe they would leave me. He's drowning in angst. And then who shows up? But again, a guy who's writing a thing that looks like a it's out of a Miyazaki movie. Yes, Robin shows up on the back of. Uh, Chocobo. It's not Chocobo, but you, you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, I forgot we had this debate. Yeah, what, what, uh, <laughs> I can't remember what episode that was when these guys showed up previously, but. Yep. Yeah, but he's, he's bringing news. He's got the map that, uh, Bato's been waiting probably months to get. Yeah, don't shoot the messenger. I just here to give a message. Do you know Bato? Yes. Didn't ask for any other credentials, but okay. Good enough. He's been waiting for months. Here it is. <laughs> 
I got other places to go, other messages to carry and give. I don't got time for credentials or anything like that. Just imagine that nowadays. It's weird. Yeah, and Aang makes a pretty pretty awful choice to just hide it in his, his shirt. And he looks like pretty guilty right away about it. But Oh, well, yes, he crumples it up and stuffs it in his in his pocket, I guess, his his a tire pocket, which I don't even know if there would be tire pockets in that. I have no idea. But the question is, is this out of character for him? Um, it's, it's a little difficult to say. I mean, we've seen him be pouty and kind of secretive and in the past, um, this move in particular seems pretty uncaring, but I guess the thought of losing Katara could be pretty brutal to him. Cause he's just had that realization that he's kind of got a thing for in the previous episode. So maybe he's acting a little irrationally because of that, but yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, he's created a bond with these two, and they're basically family to him because, as we know, like he doesn't really have any family anymore, as we've explored that several times. And through all he's been, like, you know, the fact that he healed these two uh, during the Blue Spirit, he feels, you know, I went I went to leagues for this game, these these two, and all of a sudden they're just going to abandon me like this? I've, I don't want that. Yeah, the, the rational part is he doesn't really have any reason to believe they would abandon him. I mean, they've made so many detours on their mission. I'm sure they'd be fine doing another detour. So he has, okay. Is he having trust issues here with them and that they'll leave him? I mean, you, you trust the blue spirit after you found out it was Zuko. You had like, you sat there with him the entire evening, even though, and, and night until he woke up and asked him the question of like, could we ever be friends? Like, that's a lot of trust right there. So, mm-hmm. and that's like the guy who's hunting you constantly and you don't know why, but he's always like showing up again. And yet all of a sudden here you are and your, your, your family is basically going to like, they're, they're just talking of like, it seems like they're so emotionally invested in wanting to see their dad again, that from mm-hmm. your perspective, you're, they're putting their, um interests ahead of yours hey you gotta give him some slack here man come on like that doesn't seem right man how much would ang love to see like some of his old family i mean i guess not fully family but like the old monks i'm sure he would go out of his way easily to go see them like you got to see boomy for i don't know how long and you got to slide down with him all right and katara and Sokka, they they allowed it they 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 did that they went on that adventure with you trust is both ways sir trust is a two-way street so again, whether this was in universe makes sense or out of universe, this was just like writing that needed to be checked again. I don't know. I could assume it's the latter, but I'm not going to say. Yeah, either way, it does just feel a little, little clumsily done. Like, of course, him leaving just in time and to make these assumptions that don't really make a lot of sense. For All a coincidence. Own, All a coincidence. Yeah, so there, there is a little bit of flaw in the premise, but there's still lots of good to the episode, so I can't you know knock it too much but but yeah then he returns to the group and he's acting like nothing's wrong he's like over happy and it's kind of like oh it's like he's putting on a facade putting on an act which by the way if you want an act look at um look at like between like 9 19 and 9 21 and see katara's face (laughs) you could say that's probably a, a facial expression you're probably not a fan of but i love sokka's 
uh, and press and face right there. It kind of reminds me of the uh, Winnie the Pooh memes that, that, that are around where it's like, you know, regular Pooh sitting down, and then there's the fancy Pooh afterwards. Oh, I thought you were going to say the one where he's like scratching his head, like, oh, I don't understand. No. Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Oh, but anyway, um, so yeah. Oh, we... and he didn't even close the door. This guy, this absolute guy. Yeah, he's a big jerk. Yeah, we cut back to uh, Zuko's team for a little bit, and there's this old lady with the cat who looks very much like the cat from. It's uh, the herbalist from the Blue Spirit. Blue Spirit, thank you. They re they revisit basically some uh, some old places, meaning that they're in the exact same region. So I assume they started north and they went south, and then they going back north yeah and i was watching this scene i'm like miyuki why why is that name so familiar in my head right now and i was like oh yeah tokyo godfathers <laughs> there's that but yes it's uh the herbalist and miyuki the cat yes and we apparently see that the herbalist comes down to this valley where right where katara and uh Sokka were i kind of wish per person or katara Aang and Sokka were i wish that they had gone up the hill and went into that um that little encampment they were in and we saw all like the, the junk that Momo had brought to them. I really wish they had done that. Not <laughs> that to say, great. Not, not to say like you can have the, you could have had the herbalist in there as well. Miyuki just like sorting around. Maybe they tried, they wanted to do that, but they couldn't because of time constraints or like budget constraints. I don't know. It, it would have been really cool if they had done that, but as for what it is, I like this cameo. Yeah. It's kind of fun to bring them back. Yeah. A little callback. And it makes sense. It actually makes sense in this in this context. I like her a little bit where she's like, do you get in trouble with the Fire Nation again? I thought that was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Noodle incidences. Where's that fan fiction? Yeah. <laughs> and the cat just stares up like, what? Yep. Oh, but yeah, so they, they move along and there's the end of that cameo. And yeah, things are moving a little bit slow for them. But yeah, so then we get some scenes with with Aang and what, what's going on here again? I don't he's basically this. just doing some like cool like bending of he's taking his he's taking air and he's like telekinetically like moving hay with him or hay over to Oppo, which instead of using like a pitchfork, I'm just like you could be doing that more often with guys. Well, sometimes you are. That's not true, but like I wish you did it more often. But that's just for the animators to spice things up and not make everything the same. Who knows? And then one of the sisters catches uh, him littering, I think. Yeah, there's a little bit of a couple little signs here that almost give him away. Yeah, he drops the paper. Then over on the beach, they all go to check out the ship again. And there's the tracks from that, whatever that thing's called. (laughs) From the seahorse chocobo, I forget. (laughs) Yeah, he's got to cover that up too. So, Which is pretty funny. Yeah, the guilt's starting to itch at him a little bit. And the worry that he's going to be discovered as a kind of a fraud for them. Yes, and his big fib and his secret is going to come out, which would be bad if they found out because it's only been a night since this has happened. <laughs> oh, but then, then, uh, cause I guess Sokka's dad left before, um, he was able to, or Sokka was able to participate in kind of an important, um, ritual, a rite of passage. Yeah. For, for the young men of the village. So, now this Bato gets a chance to kind of play that father figure role. And let's already is, yeah. He's already a, fr- a, a, a friend of his father's. So like, obviously they should, uh, you know, do this and it's going to be exciting. We're going to see a rite of passage and how uh, these Southern water tribe members do things down there. And look at away from that just to see another cameo. <laughs> oh yes. Yes. We cut over back to the fortune teller. I forgot about this. 
yeah, it's it's kind of fun. There, you know, it's almost like a little sequel episode in a way. Could have put uh, the non-winter solstice part two. <laughs> I don't know what to. Probably not because I feel like that was like way too far south. These these previous two episodes probably like make mention or show that the like world build the fact that all these like three villages are like near each other in this mm. same region. Yeah, potentially speaking. Uh, but then we get the big ice dodging that'd be kind of funny if yeah that's true that'd be funny if like uh, also i like that aunt Wu and Aunt uncle iroh kind of have a bit of chemistry there kind of like her uh oh yeah you know hey would you like your fortune told and he's like there's only one that i i need like there's only one thing in my uh life that uh is expected um yeah that's kind of cute yeah it's pretty cute um other stuff i like the fact that we see we still see the lava that had been encased that ang had <laughs> protected everybody with that was pretty cool um mm-hmm. i'm not saying you could have done more with it oh, like this was a quick thing of course I, I, we didn't see any of like the familiar faces it was just like background faces so we didn't see we didn't see ming we didn't see the red shoe dude we didn't see um the girl with the flower and her husband and we didn't see the uh initial guy with the umbrella avoiding the platypus bear yeah, yeah. None of that, almost so. makes me uh almost makes me wonder if they left all that stuff there it's kind of just budget saving oh here's these plates we still have let's put them in here and you know yeah i don't know i'm not i'm not gonna insinuate anything this is their show not mine uh but you know aunt, aunt Wu is is good enough and they got her to be voiced as well so that's already good enough so yeah good good cameo i'd say makes sense again yeah. zuko gets a little irritated that you know we're just going around the joke is hilarious of like and this is probably why they did it um just because it's like well they're they're using the butchroth necklace right well who's <laughs> who was around here the whole time oh uh, who uh who was who was in this area the most like at aunt Wu's house a certain person wanting their fortune told about oh, every little thing. single thing like you know what to yeah. eat for breakfast oh but yeah then we we finally get to the ice uh ice dodging scenes here the ice dodging scene let's go yeah and i, I don't know if i have too much to say i i kind of like how they all have to work together um i think it's well animated but you know another little action piece that it's hard to sometimes comment on <laughs> The, the ebbs and flows of things. Um, so they're not really going ice, to ice dodge. Um, once again, proving my fact that this is winter, but it's a different region. So obviously there's no ice around here. So they have to make do with a bunch of rocks. Yeah, it's a rocky region, you know, fair enough. And yes, in a way, rocks triumph over ice and glaciers. I mean, let's put it this way. If you took a similar sized rock and a similar sized glacier and you like had one fall on the other, we'll see like which one cracks first. Yeah, and I like, because I'm just watching it right now, I like the whole, uh, like the way that the sweat kind of <laughs> doesn't fully look like it's on Sokka. Like, you know, it's it's kind of a funny looking way that they choose to do it. Well, I, I was interested. I, I didn't think it was sweat. I assumed it was just like water. But I guess it is like there, there's sweat too there. But yeah, I, I just assumed like the waves crashing into him. No, oh, that's fair. Yeah, I, I didn't really see any water coming onto the ship. But yeah, that could have been what they were doing. No, that's fair. And the whole helm to Lee thing and things like what does that helm even mean? Helm to Lee, like is that supposed to be left, which is technically port. And I like that he just completely cheats by the end. And it's just like, oh, let's just water bend through this. I mean, <laughs> it it just uh, it's just resource uh, what 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 you can do with your resources. And he has a water bender and air bender on his crew, so he was able to use his intuition and say, let's use these two abilities to good use which kind of puts him as a good leader maybe that'll work out someday or in, in future episodes who knows 
Yeah, but just as, you know, you're supposed to be the one steering this ship and you kind of steered us into a place where you couldn't get out of it without the use of powers. But uh, but after he completes it, Bato's like, oh, you know, you did such a great job. Let's kind of finish the ritual here and we're going to include Aang and Aang gets to be an honorary member of the tribe. And that's kind of the thing that Aang just can't stand for at that point. This scene goes, as you'd imagine, Aang reveals it and everyone's choked <laughs> and rightfully so. Because he is, what what is it? He's the um, I gotta rewind this here because I, I I forget what it's called. They're all given titles. I forget each one's title. Mark of the Wise, which apparently his father also earned. Katara's the Mark of the Brave because she showed bravery. Cur- Your courage inspires us, and Mark of the Trusted, because uh, earlier. Batao, I made a mention that your 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 position is very you are the one to be trusted. And Aang overreacts like I can be trusted, like I always know how to trust. I'm the Avatar. Okay, buddy. Okay. Yeah, so again, maybe a little bit on the nose writing there. <laughs> yes, a little too like okay, everybody's like you've done nothing other than make yourself suspicious to a different reason, but they don't know you're hiding anything, just acting like a goofball. And all of a sudden, like the guilt finally gets to him and he's like, I can't do this anymore. Here you go. Yeah, if it was like Aang the Brave, maybe he wouldn't have been so uh, so pushed. So Yeah, he's like, uh, can I be brave instead? <laughs> uh, but so anyway, yeah, they they split up and I'm surprised even Bato's like, yeah, you you guys, fair enough, just ditch him. Because he was kind of touting how good it was of them to be going around with the Avatar. But <laughs> Yeah, no, you gotta not be around this guy since he's not trustworthy anymore. How could <laughs> this guy keep secret from them for one night? It's not even been 20, it's not even been 24 hours and they, he kept this information from us. Yeah, protecting the Avatar, trying to save the world basically. Ah, yeah, that's it's not worth it after this. Yeah. Overseeing <laughs> your own father? How, oh, yes, no, this this man is evil. Yeah, it's again a little, little silly, but. <laughs> Quite the melodrama, as they say. And oh, I, I like this little exchange with the uh, the sister too. And kind of looks at her, he's looking all pouty, and he's like, well, I guess I should be going. And then she just, <laughs> yeah, that would be best. I was like, oh man, like even there, just like, get out of here, Avatar. I mean, they probably found out what he did, and it's just like, untrustworthy. She's not even, she doesn't even have like an angry face, she has a very like neutral looking face. So it's not like, oh, she's she's wrong, or she's, you know, like any sort of Catholic nun in like ancient Catholic school. I I have no idea. I think she did the right thing. I think she said the right thing in there in that situation because Aang really messed up. Ah, oh, but they don't have time to think about Aang for too long before someone else comes up and, uh, yeah, Zuko in the whole uh, whatever that thing's called. I keep saying it. Shiru. Yeah, they show up and just start. Where's that avatar? So well, no. Where's where's that girl? Well, well, what you know, girl? I mean, they're using her to look for the avatar, but of course they're always looking for girls. What, what is this episode seven? Oh boy, yeah. And then we cut back to uh, Sokka and and the rest of their group, and and Sokka, you know, he he was pretty choked about the whole dad thing, but the more he starts to think about it, the more he's like, well, maybe we're a little too rash with this whole, you know, completely abandoning our mission thing. Yeah, he was very. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was very emotional at that point for for various reasons, like the chance to see your dad after like two years or whatever it was. Which I can't, I personally can't like, yeah, I don't think there's anybody in my life that close where I'm like, 
I would I would not be able to like see them. That's yeah, I I can't say that at all. Where like I've not seen this person in like two years, and so I feel distant, and I'd want to see them at any moment. I feel like no, I I don't have that. Um, I don't have that experience. I don't know if you do or not. Hmm. Yeah, I think I do. I mean, I'm sure if I didn't see Brianna for two years, I'd be like, what? what in the heck is this? Thank you. Yeah. But maybe by that point, I'd be like, well, I moved on now. But who knows? Ay, ay, ay. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Don't even know the reason for, for what happened. <laughs> but, but yeah, but I don't base, I don't have any like family members or friends in the military uh, who have to go away for some time. And if they will make it back or not, I, I don't have any of that. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Oh, but so yeah but before they get a chance to turn around to go find Aang again once again oh yeah go to like 1624 and look at Katara for a second sure I'll go back you'll be uh you'll you got a chuckle there oh yeah with, like the bug eyed look <laughs> it's like frog <laughs> eyes or something like that eh? yeah does not look like the same person at all that, I'll give you that one that one looks a little odd a little off animated uh, but, but basically, yeah. The what, what ends up happening is they decide we'll go and uh, we'll go back and find Aang somewhere, even though we have no idea where he is. Um, and Batao gives them the same map that Aang had earlier and states that we will meet again, stating that he will probably we will see him again in the future at some point. Don't know when, but that we will see him and potentially Katara and Sokka will reunite with their father. Yeah, before they have time to get back to Aang, they're immediately swept up by our group of baddies. And they head back to the nun village, which I don't... Do they ever say a name for this this village here? It's called an abbey. Abbey, sure. Yeah, yeah and they're just terrorizing everybody because <laughs> the, the poor sisters like hiding behind things. Like, oh crap, who are these guys? What's going on here? Uh, yeah, and, and in the meantime, Aang also is at the boat... And he's just letting, uh, he's getting operating. One of the sisters comes and notifies him that uh, a, a giant creature came by with a woman and a man with a scar. He's like, Zuko, it has to be. Mm-hmm. And so I guess he prepares for something. Yeah, combat. Prepares a counterattack, <laughs> who knows. He, he, he at least has the advantage of knowing that they're there. Yeah, and we get to the usual end of these episodes, which is a big kind of big fight scene they fight they fight they fight 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 it's more it's mindless action it's really stupid well no it's not no it's stupid but that's that's subjective yeah this one is a little bit strange though because it does seem like they're just kind of blowing energy at each other more than the usual type of thing it's like i've got the blue energy i love this part i love this part a lot Mm. um one thing I'd like to point out here in in a second. So I like how Aang initially like gets rid of them, uh, or or kind of like knocks them all down and gets Aang, Katara, or, uh, Sokka and Katara off the Shiru. Uh, is he basically just flies at the beast, um, <laughs> and then goes on all two hinds because it's a four legged beast. Uh, just falls backwards and everybody falls off. In a funny scene. Yeah, that is fun. I like that. Uh, and then we get something that we don't haven't seen in a while. Um, we see Appa getting into the action. Mm, yeah, sort of. I, he has he has like done some acts here and there of action, but th- like we see him headbutt the Shiru. I'm like, mm-hmm. dang, we're getting some like 
animal on animal action here, which, you know, for, and this is ain't cage fighting. This is like two. Okay. One willing animal and the other not so willing animal going at each other. I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. And uh, the bounty hunter, she's like slicing at him with her whip and yeah, it's, it's yeah. I'm, I'm not so uh, happy about, I'm not a fan of that, but yeah, the, the duel between, I'll get to that in a second, but the duel between Aang and Zuko, holy crap, the movements, the footwork, the choreography. Oh, I'm, I'm just enamored by this. It, it was amazing. Yeah. I think the stuff when they're on the roof is pretty cool. Oh yeah. The stuff before there was a little bit just like, it seemed like they were just like throwing random, uh, like energy powers at each other. It wasn't even like, it didn't necessarily strike me as fire versus air. Just felt like energy versus energy. Oh, I well, maybe not. It was more like it was almost more. You look at the hand movements. Like if you imagine them fighting each other, it would be like cla- like a classic kung fu battle mm. almost. Like whose kung fu is bigger, better than whose, and it just ends in a stalemate. It's great. I love. It. And they get like thrown back on the roof. It's great. And then we see uh, June get back up, get back on her shiru, use the whip, like get it back to like like obey me, like you know, get 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 to work. And it's really kind of sad. It's I, I feel bad for the Shiru. Um, mm. It's just like this this animal that's kind of like going against its will and being not so much tamed and respected and and um, loved and cared for. It's literally just a tool. Like it's so sad. And that's where I was going to get to is that we see a fight between um, Appa, who is a willing friend and compatriot, a family member of Aang's, and we see the Shiru, who is like kind of used against just for the fact that it has a special ability and that's yeah that to me is just like disgusting that's uh, yeah. i mean that's 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 how war is fought i get that i'm not denying that yep. in this case like that's just disgusting you see like care and compassion that ang has for appa here especially what happens in the future and then we have just june here that's just got a whip uh and like whips it at like shiru and appa too I'm like, man, this woman is just like, she's intense, she's insane, but I'm just like, man, I, I don't agree well, with her actions. I understand why, but I, man, yeah, I just, I don't agree with that. I'm sure in their off time, she's kind to her kind of beast of burden that she has. Maybe. I, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> but either way, she's putting it in harm's way for, for no reason, really. Then we have the rooftop scene of Aang and Z- Z- Zuko, excuse me, darn it, don't make me do this, um... I like how it, it kind of bookends. So Zuko comes at Aang, rushing with him like with a blade of fire almost, and like thrusts it upwards. And we see some dodging and whatnot. And then Aang flips. Also, he flips over and has a really good shot as well. Uh, we just see his perspective all the way till he lands. And then he basically does the same thing at the end with Zuko, but with air this time. I'm like, that's that's kind of funny. That's a that's a good bookend there. Um, then the Shiru and June like go at each other or go to ang and then we see appa use his tail to whip again and we get the soccer joke do you want us to talk about that go ahead go on. <laughs> basically just like hey i think i'm feeling a lot of like i'm starting to feel uh i guess we forgot to mention that yeah we start we're starting to feel, i'm starting to feel um uh feeling in my arm again excuse me uh like i can have control yeah the shiru's um tongue is able to like sting out or shoot out like a poison or a neutralizing agent that like paralyzes a person pretty cool idea that's that uh so that's and it's been using this on off of it because he's a thick hide uh it's kind of giving him a semi-resilience not so much so it's still like hurting him but like he's he he's taken some hits let's basically say yeah and i was gonna say uh one of the few standout bits that i would want to mention from this big action scene is i do like the little moment when we stop with iroh 
That is amazing. Yeah, I just saw it. He's just smelling the perfumes and decides to steal it. <laughs> How dare you, Uncle Iroh? How dare you? That's not nice. I was like, hey, get... first you guys show up at this abbey, you're smashing stuff around, and now you're just stealing their stuff. <laughs> what is this, sir? What? Why? Sir, I must ask, why? I don't agree with this at all. But very shortly after that, during the fight, Aang notices that for whatever reason, Zuko's, is he holding the necklace or does he have it just wrapped around his arm? I couldn't quite tell. It's kind of like a watch, but at the same time, it's also a very loose watch. So he's got it in his hands and somehow he's not burning it with his firebending. Yeah, that's what I was thinking if he was holding it. Shows some control for Zuko, by the way. That's kind of interesting. He has some control. So that's, that's, that's fascinating. Um, but yeah, him, yeah, again, him and Aang with the, with the, um, what is it called? The, uh, the well, goodness gracious. What a, what a fantastic scene. Like this is some good, and I'm pretty sure like there was also an extra where like they, they showed this scene. I, oh golly. It's so good. Yeah. It's, it's quite well done. Yeah. I like when, yeah, the water from the well comes down after he pulls, uh, Zuko back up. Yeah. It just looks cool. First, he gra- he he's able to get it with with the fight. It's not only just like Zuko trying to you know get Ang, it's Ang defending himself and also trying to get the betrothed necklace back. There's layers to this fight. I love it. And then yeah, it ends with Ang actually using water bending for once in the episode to go like goes down the well, brings the well up, water up, and just like splashes everywhere. Excuse me, it's great. Yeah, and speaking of water bending, the uh, the sisters from the Abbey come up with a little plot to use the perfume was it them or was it uh Sokka? i think it was them uh well we're like hey we got this perfume here yeah first the sheer well first other like big thing sh- the shiru uh finally stuns appa he's out for the count then the sisters uh come nearby as Aang's getting swarmed and um they br- they use a smelling salt uh to kind of i guess unparalyze Sokka and katara yeah it kind of brings them back to their senses man if that was like freaking what is it called if that was like uh tiger bomb man that'd be great yeah that'd be cool um but it's kind of a combination between Sokka and this and the um sister in charge um because i i guess they did de- de- decipher or determine that the shiru is the thing that's like you know smelling everything so they're like let's uh let's kind of give him uh a little uh I don't yeah, know. perfume bath there we go yeah and they use they spill it on the ground and use uh katara's water bending to basically move all the move it off the ground and splash it all over and blinding him. Semi perfume bending. <laughs> yeah, that's using your noggin, using perfume as a uh, weapon, and it works really well. Because um, from the initial like monochrome look with the color, seeing colors as a uh, um, as a means of, of of viewing the world, almost like a synthesia way of seeing. I'm pretty sure I butchered that term. Um, drives the shiru mad and. Gives it basically a seizure, I'd say. Yep, I felt bad for it again. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I did as well, but at least it was neutralized in, in a good way. That hopefully won't leave it permanently damaged. Mm. Oh, but yeah, that's that's basically the end of the episode there. Yeah, our group manages to escape. Uh, Katara, um, very quick, or I guess I should say Aang, managed to get away with Katara's necklace. And yeah, we get this cute little scene here when, when he returns it to her first asking them like hey where are we going and reassuring Aang, yes we're going to the north pole um and Sokka reaffirming that yes you're a family too i don't i i wish like i forget if uh 
he apologizes or not. Aang? Yeah, if Aang apologizes to them for keeping the map or whatnot to them. I don't I don't know if it was needed or not, but maybe some people probably would have liked that where he like mans up and or at least learns his lesson, excuse me, and le- realizes the consequences of his actions. Yeah, I, I think that kind of happened when he kind of revealed what he did. But yeah, they don't they don't bring it back here really. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish that had happened slightly so he like uh, he um, confirms it and or addresses it. But yeah, I think it's cute here because he's like, you know, I guess he was thinking how they had a little piece of home back in Bato's hut. So now he's going to return a little piece of home to Katara by returning yes. the necklace. Finally giving her back, uh, her, or at least, excuse me, what, what is it? Uh, making her neck not naked anymore. Oh dear, there we go finally puts her betrothed necklace ah yes my choker i mean my uh my 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 mother's necklace how i miss thee and uh she even is like hey do you mind if uh in a very like you know sensual matter hey do you mind giving uh if you see zuko again do you mind giving me a big old smooch for him and Aang just twiddles his thumbs and he's got the the blush going on yeah <laughs> As she, uh, yeah, gives him a little kiss on the cheek there, and it's just like, hey, my man. There we go. That's the episode, so what'd you think of this one? You also forgot the slight, like, you know, little joke that, um, between uh, Zuko and uh, Uncle Iroh with June, where, <laughs> where he dramatically, like, goes down, um, as the Shiru, like, goes on the attack for being blinded, over, over-accentuated, basically, having a seizure, and Suko's like, Uncle, you didn't get hit. It's like, shh, don't <laughs> tell her that. And then June just gives him this like dirty look. Yeah, that that was yeah, that was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but for for your final thoughts for this one. Final thoughts. Um yeah, the the, the things that stood out is that we kind of got some world bending again. World 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 bending. <laughs> That's something else. Um we got some world building, excuse me, some world building. Uh some more insight in the water tribe, the Southern wall tribe, at least I don't know if the Northern wall water tribe does what uh, they, they did with the rite of passage. Uh, some people might've said, oh, I wish we had like, I wish Sokka somehow like, cause this was initially seemed like Sokka's episode. Cause we got more of him. Uh, we saw flashbacks of him finally, and we didn't really get most of him afterwards. It was mostly then Aang. So like it was between Aang and Sokka kind of dual leads in this one. And, yeah, we could maybe somehow uh, Sokka could have been the one to like figure things out at the end, even though it was like between him and the sister. Hmm. Um, he could have like used, you know, the the setup of oh hey, let's use Katara and Aang together. I mean, sort of did at the end there, but more in a I, I don't know something that was related to um, the rite of passage. So yeah. there could have been that, and then of course there's the Aang plot of like well. I, I went over that extensively of just like, was this a writer's thing or was this like naturally what a, th- this character would do? Um, and it, potentially he could have done this, but yeah, it would seem like he's flip-flopping of like a, either acting as a kid or, and not realizing it or just yeah, writing that could have been looked over again. I don't know. And we have even the, the Shiru, which is another beast and in this world, another chimeric beast, another hybrid animal. Wonderful. I, I like it a lot. And we see a bounty hunter exists in this world. Maybe there's other bounty hunters in the world somewhere that don't cover that are only kind of similar to the pirates in the initial one. That'd be cool. If she teamed up with the pirates, that'd be really cool. Um, and you know, they're only, they're only driven by coin. 
So another means of not the first time Zuko's used a person uh, to nab the avatar. Think of that for a second. Um, and yeah, also the Abbey. Where are these? What are these perfumes made? Like, do they? Is it similar to herbalist where like people just come and it's form viable form of trade? I have no idea. So overall, did I enjoy this episode? I'd say this is okay. It's not. I wouldn't say it's filler. We we do like we finally find out about like Katara and Sokka's dad. Uh, and kind of basically set things up for maybe like what happens later on. Like it, it does seem like these plot points will come back later in the future, whether it's this season, this book, excuse me, or one of the future books. Yeah. Yeah. At least in terms of the water tribe stuff, that'll definitely come back. Yeah. I, and yeah, we we got some water tribe, but not a lot. So who knows? Yeah. And for me, I definitely appreciated them coming back to that stuff and exploring their culture a little bit more. I like the ice dodging bit and just kind of reminiscing about other youth in in the uh, Southern Water Tribe. But yeah, some of the Aang stuff for me just felt a little bit, a little out of character again, which we've seen for Sokka and Katara occasionally, but not so much for Aang until this episode, I don't think. But the, yeah, there's still lots of cool moments. I like June the Bounty Hunter. I think that's a pretty memorable little side character. And there's some cool action pieces at the end, definitely. But yeah, more of a mid-tier episode than a real standout. But yeah, I think that's all I got for my final thoughts for this one. Very well. Thank you once again, ladies and gentlemen, those in between, for listening to Bending the Elements, an Avatar podcast. We always appreciate you listening to us. I uh, hope you yeah, and, uh, got something out of this. And if you have any questions, if you have any concerns, please always... Or criticisms, please tell us. We're open to this stuff. Yeah, email us at uh, TNE, bending the elements at gmail.com. <laughs> Hope you uh, enjoyed this episode and both like the episode itself and our commentary over it. And till next time, if you and your family are, you know, in the in the midst of a storm and it's on high seas and you know, you're on a, yeah, a kayak or you're on one of those like, you know, wooden boats or like a, maybe a big yacht. I don't know. Or that, you know, you remember that, um, I forget what it's called. It's not parasailing, but you remember in uh tenant where they're on the water and they like, ha- they're in that big like catamaran oh, yeah. and they have to like do that pedaling or whatever it is. There's a, I don't remember what, like it's a per, funny enough, there's a perfume commercial with Jake Gyllenhaal in it. That's doing the exact same thing, but he's doing it solo for some reason, even though you need multiple people to do that kind of like sailing. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah. If you're doing that or whatnot, and all of a sudden you come across rocks or even worse, a Shiru whale looking beast that's from the depths below or a phantom jellyfish. Look those things up. Those are pretty creepy. And it's like, you know, come, what do you use? Do you use perfume to like, get rid of the like like perfume like tidal wave be gone or do you end up like interstellar where like a wave washes over you because it's that high in that one part that's insane if the moon was that big i have no idea till next time peace
Oh, I just, I just, uh, because I wrote this Bato one, like, whenever we were going to do it originally. And there was a really stupid joke that I put in here. <laughs> <laughs> You've just remembered it now. Yep. I don't know why I put that joke in there. Is it a little insensitive, or? No, it's just completely random and completely stupid. Uh, so. Fair enough. <laughs> You'll see. Oh, I also got to correct myself on this, on something. Sure. When we get to it, of course. Zuko meets a bounty hunter named Zam Wessel. Oops, my bad. I met a bounty hunter named June. <laughs> why did I put that? Like, why did I write that? <laughs> oh, I just gotta mention this. So there's this uh, movie on on Netflix right now with uh, Sandra Bullock. Can't remember what it's called. Um, I'll, I'll quickly look it up while, while I'm saying this. But so many places were just straight up, just BC places, not even like changing anything at all. Yeah, that's fair. Like there's this local uh, gas station pretty close to my house, like maybe 10 minutes away. Oh, wait. Okay. Racetrack. Let's, let's see. Let's see. Um, that's Wait, that's what it's called? Yeah, Racetrack with two Cs. That's <laughs> interesting. Okay, wait. Is it the, is it the 216th gas station? Uh, well, it's either the Shell or the S.O. Uh, what else is there? There's there's the two s there's two stations on Highway 10, which is the one so on one side and the Chevron on the other, and or that's a Husky, and then the one down on 200 is two is the uh, Chevron. No, it's this old school like the the area that it's in. It's heading towards Campbell Valley. Oh, it's like a purposely old looking gas station and supermarket down 200. Yeah, down 200. Okay, yeah. so I've probably seen it before. Yeah, racetrack, and it's completely just that gas station. They show this little pub that's right by it. Is it the like, oh, Artful man. Dodger? It's the Artful Dodger, isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we see that in that movie, or at least oh my see goodness. like side of it. Yeah, I know. There's an IGA right around the corner there, eh? And they also filmed right at the Bloedel Conservatory again. Didn't change anything. Of course they did. Of I was just like, oh man, it's called the Unforgivable. Yeah, that's the funny thing. Being in BC, you see all these places and. Don't bother uh, any alterations. Speaking of which, <laughs> news-wise, yes, most of the live-action Avatar series was filmed here. Have they already filmed that? Don't hmm. know what that's going to mean. It's probably mostly sets, because I don't know how well you can make this place turn into the Fire Nation, the Water Tribe, the Earth Kingdom, or the Air Nomads. Oh, but speaking of the Fire Nation, yeah. This section of the podcast contains spoilers for all seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Enter at your peril. Like her in that beastie, I was like, ooh, this is cool. Like, is she going to go on to be... Like a character that we see, like I, I hope she sticks around. Yeah, is she gonna be the one to track Aang down at the very end of the penultimate episode before he has to fight the Fire Nation or for the Fire Lord, and then like you know they can't find him because he's not even on this Earth anymore? Who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> spoilers, but. <laughs> We're going to include Aang, and Aang gets to be an honorary member of the tribe. 
And that's kind of the thing that Aang just can't stand for at that point. I mean, in a way, he sort of becomes an honorary member of the tribe. Not from this, not to say that it, this doesn't count. I don't know if he's, it's like taken away as soon as what happens. But like, you know, the fact that he marries Katara in the future, I guess, sort of makes him potentially a part of the water tribe. I have no idea. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I, I mean, does that does that mean Tenzin is technically a part of the water tribe? His mom's a water tribe member, so. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I suppose so kind of blended tribe, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I'm, I, mean, I, I just got to choose cultures here, buddy. 